Welcome to the podcast where Mercury is always in retrograde. And Liz. Aaron Lee. What's what up? has been... Alright, well, just fucking interrupt me. <laughs> 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 I'm pulling my earrings off. My uh, sleeves are rolled. I'm ready to fucking go, bitch. What's up? <laughs> uh, just kidding uh, how are well, you girl shit. Hi, how are girly. you what's up girly what uh, is up uh, yes um i went to the i went to the beach today oh my god i went to the beach today and it was what so a perfect day because no it, like fucking bis- abysmally hot dude it was like a hundred degrees it was so bad oh like it was i too hot. did not um uh, sit in the sun whatsoever I was literally um uh I was in the shade the entire time I mm. like oh Aaron cut out <laughs> what happened I don't know the call just dropped weird okay so i'm i was talking so i'll just jump right in and then yeah um yeah it was a hundred fucking degrees out today it was horrible um i did not even sit in the sun i sat in the shade the entire time uh i was i was hung (laughs) over so i was like sweating and shaking and like feeling really bad and then um, Anne and I, because I went, I went to the beach with Anne. Anne and I went mm-hmm. into the water, and the water was so disgusting. It was filthy. It was like dirt oh water. God. And it's like, Why? because the beach that we went to was just trash, to be honest. Um, oh, okay. Whatever. So it was just a garbage beach, and it, it, we were like in the water, and it was fun. But there was like a lot of seaweed and like dirt and stuff. And I was like mm. having a good time. I was like, oh, this is fun. And something literally bit my arm. And I was like, what <gasps> bit me? And I went to go smack it away, and I think it was a crab. <laughs> oh my god, Liz! So, so at that point, I literally ran out of the water, because I was like, uh... <laughs> no, no thanks. No thanks, I don't want to be fucking attacked by a crab. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> it was so gross, I was like, get away from me. Jesus Christ, oh my god, I hate that for you, I hate that for you. <laughs> Thank you. I've also been cat-sitting. Oh shit! What for who? Uh, a friend from high school. Um, mm-hmm. she has ten indoor cats. <laughs> mhm. So that's been a trip. You have to f- wait. How it's much insane. food do they go through? Like I, it's wh- it's literally insane. My mom, my mother ran into her mom at Walmart recently, and mm-hmm. the woman and this woman had literally two carts full of cat food like cases of cat food <laughs> and she was like nancy my cats <laughs> and my mom was like mm, yep <laughs> oh my god that's insane that's actually fucking wild it's kind of fun what? it's kind of fun i don't know it's a lot of food it's a lot of food it's like seven plates of food every morning and, and what night. you have like 10 little like a giant fucking bucket of cat litter like do you have like a, yeah there's a like room for cat litter like i don't understand there's like seven litter boxes seven uh, 
every time every time I go I leave with like a well I don't leave with it but I like have to throw out a trash bag full of litter oh it's crazy my god I would I could never like I look at cats and I'm like mm. <laughs> eat mm. no mm, nah <laughs> I don't know I yeah, I like pets, uh, in theory. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get, um, I want to, f- I want a ferret so bad. Really? Why? Uh, Why a ferret? So, when, like, do you remember that ferret TikTok? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, It was, yeah, like, yeah. that ferret that was dancing. I saw it, and I was like, oh my god, yes. I want one. So then somehow I ended up on, like, ferret TikTok with, like, <laughs> other ferrets. And so I kept watching it, and I was like, oh my god, I want a ferret so bad. So I was, like, talking to Anne, and I was, like, please, like, I need to get please. a ferret. Even though, like, we don't live together, so, like, what's the fucking, why am I even asking her? But whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was, like, please, can we get a ferret? Please. And she told me no literally every time I ask. so. Uh, they're smelly. So it's a work in progress. It is a work in progress. I will charm her one day into getting me a ferret, so we'll see. I, I mean... <laughs> all animals smell let's be real every There's single animal a- on this every single creature on this planet smells right because i also i like also kind of want a turtle but like i know those smell like really bad oh yeah those are dank but also my friend like had one growing up they are really smelly i had a friend who also had one growing up and it was like constantly disgusting and like slimy and well, yeah because like, they have like all kinds of bacteria growing on their uh on their shell Ew, like what? Why do, why does why do every animal have to be disgusting? Like what is system? <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> oh my god. I I was going to say like are you saying that the ferret lady did not inspire you to then adopt a ferret after that point? Like you didn't watch her like Oh no, she has opossums. So never mind. Oh yeah, I also want a possum. Cuz you- they're cute. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, I. <laughs> They're just funny. They are so funny, and also they are kind of cute, actually. Right? Like they're so ugly. They're cute. One last story, Absolutely. because all I've been doing is talking, and like we have an actual topic to get to. But um. No, t- go on. Who cares? I took my I took my dogs out the other night to use the bathroom before we go to bed, and mm-hmm. they chased a possum to the corner of my yard and it was like playing dead like it threw oh. itself on the ground and like had its toes in the air and was playing dead and i was oh, like that's so cute i was like screaming at my dogs because they mm-hmm. were like fucking feral they were like literally screaming at this possum and this possum was oh, scared no. shit dead oh so i looked Your at it and i was like so little too what are they gonna do <laughs> Right? I'm like, what are you going to do? Fight a possum? Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> stupid little baby man. Baby Literally baby st- man. <laughs> stupid baby idiots. <laughs> anyway. Oh my god. I, I love all the dogs that I see in New York, but I'm also just like having to resist the urge to get a dog because I'm like, there is no room in this apartment for a dog or any animal there's not enough room for me or other yeah. human beings like <laughs> dogs in new york are like babies i feel like if you were gonna get a dog and like live in an apartment in new york it's like the equivalent of having a baby because it's like yeah. 
unless you work from home, you have to find someone to take care of the dog because you're out of the house essentially like 10 hours a day. And that's mm-hmm. so long for a dog to be alone. And like, I don't know where it needs to, dogs need to run and like go outside and shit. Yeah. My friend, uh, she works from home. She has two dogs and they are like those teacup terriers um yeah so they are very very small so her apartment is plenty big for them and she like you said she's been working from home since she got them so you know she has a fine enough time trying to take care of them but like i see a husky down the street and i'm like is that husky okay yeah like are we sure it always makes me sad yeah, it makes me nervous, honestly. Like, how is that dog being treated? But uh, at the same time, I also do not want to... I know when to mind my business, so... Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, Liz, the topic <laughs> Aaron. that you brought for us to talk about today, uh, it's kind of specific. And I want to know, like, where did it come from? Like, where did you think of this thing? Yeah, so today uh, I want to talk about my favorite kind of, like, genre, like a niche genre of documentary, um, and that's a true crime documentary. Um, Hell yeah. I don't, I don't know about you, but, like, true crime um, is so fascinating to me. Like, it scares me, but it, it also, like, piques my interest so much, and, like, Netflix always has a ton of like decent documentaries that are related Mm -hmm. to true crime and uh, yeah I'm just like trash for it I watch a ton and uh yeah I just love to know I just love to know what the fuck's going on and uh who's getting murdered yeah I I don't know if you watched ID investigation discovery um but i grew up watching a shit ton of investigation discovery it was one of those things where like if my mom started if my dad started getting bored of the travel channel my mom would switch to investigation discovery (laughs) right um so that's that's like one of those like it's literally one of the channels where they have all of those like shows that are like oh what happened to this family and then it's like these dramatizations of what happened and then they tell like they tell the story whatever it's basically just like crime drama but for tv uh right. and for half hour episodes instead of like the whole documentary uh and long form style of uh show but i remember like binge watching these shows when they would um like be like it's a marathon of I almost got away with it or whatever like that. So like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I shit like that. Yeah. I didn't grow up watching investigation discovery. Um, but I did grow up watching this like really bizarre show. I don't know if you have seen it, but I feel like it's like a very niche kind of weird thing that like I saw, I saw a lot of people on TikTok talking about it. But um, it's called A Thousand Ways to Die. And it was on Spike. Yes. Oh my god, I love that show. (laughs) It was weird. It was so fucking weird. It was like, oh, here's all these weird ways that people have died. And like, the one I remember vividly is this guy like wanted to like, look like he had a giant dick. So he tied um, like a sausage link around his leg with like, um, 
tubing or like piping or something like a you know the thing that like doctors tie on your arm to like get the veins to pop out oh oh a tourniquet yeah kind yeah oh my god he tourniqueted his leg that's a major artery he tourniqueted a sausage link onto his leg to make it look like he had a giant dick and then he ended up killing himself because he cut off blood flow to this limb oh my god so like the thing about a thousand ways to die is that it's always the dumbest shit and it's always like the the dramatizations that they would do in that was so disrespectful to the people that passed it was just like (laughs) painting them as like the biggest fucking idiots on the planet and like at the time we were i think we were pretty young when that show was out so like we had we didn't know better than to like critique it but like that shit was like crazy i would binge watch that shit and i would just be like yeah, mom, like, can you believe this guy died because he thought he could give himself liposuction by putting an actual vacuum in his stomach and then he ended up vacuuming all of thing, all of his internal organs into the vacuum? And she'd literally, be like, great talking to you, so my daughter. <laughs> I love you. Literally in middle school, like, watching this shit. <laughs> it's, it was just so weird. But, like, I remember watching that and then also, like, kind of around the same time, but, like, maybe a couple years earlier... Um, the Casey Anthony trial was going on and like the Casey Anthony investigation was going on and my mom and I were like huge fans of like insider tonight and like entertainment tonight. So like, you know, she'd be like cooking dinner and I'd be watching literally entertainment tonight every night of my life. Like it was something that I look forward to. And I remember like the whole Casey Anthony trial and them being like, did or Kaylee Anthony, sorry. No, but yeah, yeah, Casey no, Anthony. Casey it would, Anthony. And it was right. like, did Casey Anthony kill her daughter? And like the whole investigation into that. And I remember being like so fascinated with it and being like, what the fuck is going on? Like, that's so yeah. weird. Also, like the Michael Jackson, like, did his doctor kill him kind of thing mm-hmm. with the yeah, sleeping yeah, yeah. pills. Um, that was also yeah. going on. And I, I was like watching all this and was like, oh shit, like I'm watching like true crime things like as they as unfold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So as um, I like got older, I don't know. I just became fascinated with it, I guess. And mm-hmm. like, there's a whole YouTube channel that I watch about true crime. But like, the reason why I wanted to talk about true crime documentaries is because like they have like a very specific formula to it, and mm-hmm. like if done really well, they can be like fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, like, really entertaining and, like, I don't know, turn something that's essentially just cold, hard facts into, like, entertainment. (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, I saw, I saw a YouTube video and I wish I remembered who had created the video itself so I could credit them, but, um, they had talked about how true crime is basically, like, it has done uh some good in some cases for like bringing a lot of these events to light putting a lot of public attention on on places where like sometimes there is fault and like people mishandled the case or things like that you know like information like that becomes more prevalent in cases like that um but just like you said like the people there are some true crime documentaries out there that are like 
just ham-handedly putting together a plot together, and it just, like, it doesn't pan out well, because these are, like, real people who died. So, like, you gotta be real careful with that shit. So, like, if you don't do it well, like, you are dishonoring someone who has literally passed away. Whereas, like, any other story, it's just like, oh, well, it's just a story. You know what I mean? So I feel right. like the stakes are really high for true crime documentaries, which just, you know, adds to the thrill. Right, I agree. Um, I'm. This isn't the one that I'm going to talk about, but something that's, like, really relevant to what you're saying in regards to, like, mm-hmm. dishonoring, you know, the person who passed away. I watched a Netflix documentary series called Don't Fuck With Cats. Um, oh, I've, I've seen the thumbnail for that, but I, I've never looked into it. Yeah. So it's about this guy, um, his name is Luca Magnata, and he pretty much started putting out these videos of him, like, torturing and murdering, like, kittens. Like, he had a video of, like, a a big snake eating a kitten, and, like, he had another video of him, like, putting a kitten in, like, a vacuum seal bag. Um, like, really fucked up stuff. Jesus fucking Christ. So then, this whole, like, online community popped up and like they made a facebook page that was pretty much like find this person find this person who is making these like really fucked up youtube videos and like we're tracking his ip and like trying to figure out who he was and like the the dude like figured out like he was being tracked and like had this attention on him and he pretty Mm -hmm. much like started threatening to like murder a human so everyone is like freaking out and like going to the police and being like, "Oh my god, like this guy's going to kill someone." And yeah. he ended up di- he ended up murdering a man and like had filmed himself like dismembering the body and like posted it online and everyone was like, "Well, what the fuck is going on?" And like the whole point of the the, the essentially the whole point of the documentary was to be like this dude Luca Magnata who is this murderer he's murdering cats and now he has murdered a human being he is uh, he's a narcissist essentially and like he wants all the attention on him and he tried to be a model he tried to be an actor he like wanted everyone to know his name and everyone to know how he, know who he is so like he started putting out these videos to get like a shock factor yeah. And so then, like, when he found out that people were watching it and people were talking about him, he just kept going and going um, until eventually he, like, murdered someone. And so then, like, you watch three to four episodes of, like, these hour-long, you know, ep- episodes of this documentary series. And they're talking about, you know, like, oh, he's, like, a bad person and all he wants is attention. And, like they essentially go well because you watch this documentary series you're giving him attention so in turn you're the bad guy also and like (laughs) literally yeah so they they said that that pissed me off and then they essentially continued to talk about this guy and like didn't like mentioned the the victim like once or twice and like mentioned his family like once 
Jesus, and it's Christ. like if That's you're gonna nightmare. if you're gonna make a documentary and t- talk about like a narcissist and talk about oh you're feeding into his narcissism if you're watching this documentary then don't fucking talk about him talk about him for half a second and go yeah this guy's a narcissist he's psycho he thrives off of the attention but here's the dude that he killed and like let's give his attention to that and like i don't know spite that guy help his family help that family and like how whatever like yeah like tell the victim's story as a way of subverting what the, that guy wants because all he wants is literally what you're giving him exactly exactly so i feel like that's a good example of like a documentary series that like shares information but also like kind of ostracizes you for watching it and then uh, like dishonors the victim yeah yeah that's definitely a problem that's pretty prevalent in this genre of like filmmakers who are just really callous about the way that they handle things and i think that's where sometimes uh people who like kind of romanticize these killers comes in and it's just like wholly inappropriate um i will say that like having watched a shit ton of investigation discovery there are shows that are like really bad about the way that they are like framing some of these murders like these people are dead they were betrayed by people that they loved or trusted in some way you know and a lot of them are women who die so it's like from people by people that they know or trust or just like people that they did not expect to be dead from so it's like I uh, kind of like am critical of what happens in this space of like true crime but I'm also like give me every juicy fucking detail like I want to know everything it like uh, true crime is like one of the few genres of documentary where like I'll watch it and I'll sometimes be like See, I, you guys touched on things for, like, three hours, but I did you touch on everything, though? And then I'll, like, Google it, and I'll just, like, start looking at shit, because I'm like, I need to know. Oh, same. Yeah. It's, because it's, like, it's so fascinating to me. I don't know why it's so fascinating to me. I guess because it's, like, sort of taboo-ish. It's like, oh, shit, like, someone was murdered. Yeah, And, like, yeah, you yeah. shouldn't be, like, looking into this or whatever. But it's also kind of, like, I need to know everything, and I want to see everything. I'm fascinated. True. Also, um, <laughs> I put together a list of all the shows that I remembered watching from Investigation Discovery. Um, and I want to read them off to you because this yes. is a, a fucking weird ass list of shows um, <laughs> that I have sent like countless hours of my life uh, uh, watching. So there's Deadly Women. Murder I Among was, Friends. I was just going to say, <laughs> did you watch Deadly Women? That oh, was yeah, like absolutely. the number one on my mind that I was thinking about. <laughs> I the, the idea of a woman who kills is fascinating to me. Powerful. Um, very powerful. Very strong. Because most of the time it's men who are killing women. And I'm bored. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mix it up. <laughs> Don't want to hear about that shit. No thank you. Uh, Murder Among Friends. I almost got away with it. Evil lives here. To catch a killer. The perfect murder. Who the bleep did I marry? (laughs) So those are all the fucking bangers that Investigation Discovery would uh, come out with. Uh, And that's not including their, like, weird-ass one-off specials that they'd, like, come 
just pull a case out of their ass and be like, hey, this one's now three hours long. Here we go. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um, but what is the what is the true crime documentary that you specifically want to bring up today on the podcast? The one that I want to talk about today is one that I've watched a couple times because I oh. like it that much. Um, and it's called The Keepers. And mm. it... Uh, follows this nun who was working at this Catholic school. Her name is Sister Mary Sesnick. She was working at this Catholic school and she was murdered um, Mm -hmm. because she was trying to report uh, sexual assault allegations against the um, priest who ran the school. Yeah, I think I saw, um, I mean, I, there are a couple of ones out there, but I think there's one on Netflix. Is that the one that you're talking about that talks about? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, so it, it like follows these two women who reconnected, um, something like 30 years later after, you know, they went to this high school and, they pretty much come together and they're like, huh, like whatever happened to sister Mary Sesnick? Like it's so bizarre Mm -hmm. that she passed away, like in the middle of the school year. Um, like nobody knows what happened to her and like her death was pretty much unsolved. Like it had never been solved. And so they like start a Facebook group and they like start, you know, gathering their like old classmates and they like are trying to figure out what's going on so they pretty much like spark an investigation into like how this happened and in the middle of all that they uncover that there was a Jane Doe and a Jane Roe who had come forward with sexual assault allegations against the head of the um the priest that ran the school and Mm -hmm. pretty much was like he raped me in his office he raped me for like three years um like the two of them stepped forward and it kind of like sparked this explosion of like more students coming forward and you know being like yes i too had been sexually assaulted by father i think his name is father maskell um and so they were all like you know yes he did assault me and like he brought friends as well like there was more than one man involved in this and they they came forward to like not only get him convicted of sexual assault but also to be like we told sister kathy sesnick like what was going on and she was like gonna help us and she was gonna go forward to you know the diocese and be like look this is what's happening and she was murdered because of it so it's like a bunch of episodes and it like follows the two women who started the facebook group and it follows you know jane doe jane roe and a couple of other girls who had been sexually assaulted and it kind of becomes like a you know sister kathy says nick's death had still been unsolved and there's like really no proof that she was murdered by father maskell or was like murdered by someone who 
Father Maskell had hired to kill her. But um, the reason why I like it so much is that even though it, like, remains unsolved, it's kind of Mm -hmm. like these women are healing in a way. And it's, like, you can tell, like, from the beginning of the documentary series to the end of the documentary series that they are, like, I was once ashamed of this. I felt horrible about this. This ruined my life to, like, I'm glad that I can stand there and talk about it and, like, you know, bring justice forward and, like, at least, you know, stand up here and go... Sister Kathy Sesnick was looking out for me and because she was looking out for me she got murdered and she's a hero mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's Aww. like a heavy it's a heavy watch, but it's also mm-hmm. so good. That's so sad. That is so fucking sad. Also It it is, it's uh, just dis- it's disgusting. It's like really disgusting. Ugh. I'm glad that she was like so confident to come forward because I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of times in these situations like it feels like there's no one else there to help you or that's on your side so the fact that she was like so willing to do that like I can see how that can be a healing experience for people the victims who had like experienced all of this to right. be like being able to like put shed some light and try and find the person who did this to her can also be like a way to work through what had happened and like really find some kind of like peace even if there is no conclusion to who actually killed her there's at least that like uh, process to work through what what they experienced and like kind of how they had to go through all of that because that's fucking crazy right it's literally insane and it like makes me sad because like the nun was so young like she had to have been like either 20 or 21 and was like just started as like this English teacher at this Catholic school and like Mm -hmm. I don't know about you but growing up like my middle school and high school English teachers I was like this bitch is the coolest bitch I've ever met and like (laughs) maybe that's like a, a gay kid thing but like I don't know. I it's like the spiritual connection between a female student and an English teacher is like intense, I guess. <laughs> um so like she was really that one that was like come hang out in my classroom and like chat with us. And like it it appear it seems that she was like very easy to talk to and like actually helped the Jane Doe kind of you know confess that something was actually happening because like this girl was being you know assaulted every day and was like walking around the school numb and like the priest was pretty much like if you tell your parents like you will be going to hell and like your entire family will go to hell and I will kill you so like not only was she being threatened but also like the catholic guilt you know it's always like in the back of your head like oh fuck if i tell someone like my family's gonna go to hell like i don't want that you don't want that to happen the the power that they have is not only uh power in terms of like uh, uh, 
head of the school, but also just like that's a spiritual leader for your community. Like that is someone that not just you depend on and not just the students, but the community as a whole, like depends on priests and, um, you know, the equivalent, no matter what religion, like that's a spiritual leader there. And that's like an important pivoting point in in a group of people and like I can't imagine the kind of pressure that puts in a young girl and like the fact that she's the nun was also so young is heartbreaking and also like crazy that that was something that she had to fucking deal with like I all these people who had like not known about the fact that this was happening are like they are literally doing something that they believe to be something that is good not only for themselves but also like for their community and then they like were completely betrayed by the other members in there and so like I understand that that was something that was like harrowing for a lot of people and like unfortunately there is that association with the Catholic Church which just is like right it's shaking like the fact that all of this is a part of something like it was all part of what they had to do and like the fact that like the uh church has to now pay off all of these uh cases of sexual assault yeah on behalf of their priests yeah the diocese the betrayal the fucking betrayal yeah the diocese works so fucking hard to hide anything uh, like this it's literally insane it's insane it's like because you have all these men who are like supposed to be like the holiest of holy and like Mm -hmm. the leaders of the congregation and like kind of like the the middle ground what is is the word i'm looking for like i don't know like the middle ground between like the normal human person and like this Mm -hmm. divine being and instead he's just it's just an abuse of power it's just an abuse of power and it's like so gross Mm-hmm. But I feel like uh, that's everywhere in this country is that like, yeah, you can be a leader and abuse your power and someone's going to cover for you. And that's shitty. And, and I hate it. I'm glad that I'm glad that true crime is out here going like, I am keeping a fucking eye on all of you because we need to hold these people fucking accountable. Like we need to uh, keep making sure that like all of these stories are told. And I think that's a big reason also that like I feel like true crime is good because like a a lot of these things are things that like I would not have known about any of this had this not been a series to watch and like had all of this information not been investigated and then put together in this way that's like easy to digest because like right uh, unfortunately there's a lot of crime that happens here there's a lot of murder yeah there's there is so much murder and there's like so much bad news always so I feel like true crime documentaries are easy to digest. Yeah. And it's definitely. like easier to watch. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, I, yeah. If you have the if you have the time, everyone should watch The Keepers. It's well well worth a watch for sure. Um I and- do also like the fact that they are led like you had said that they lead the story with the victims like that is it feels like kind of empowering to them in that way instead of like 
kind of focusing a lot of the intention on like they very could have made it a lot differently it sounds like oh yeah no it's like it's really well done that way um it's it's kind of bizarre because there's like a divide between like these are the women who were the victims at the hand of father maskell um and like they're Mm -hmm. here to tell their story and they're here to tell their involvement with you know sister kathy sesnick and like their trials to try and convict us uh father maskell and um so there's that side and then there's like the opposite side of these women who were just classmates of these girls who had no fucking idea what was going on like they didn't know that they were being abused and like they just thought it was really bizarre that like sister kathy sesnick disappeared and they were like well what the fuck is going on so it's like it's like a little it's kind of weird but it's also like interesting to look at it from both of these perspectives like someone who is like in the you know the middle of it Mm -hmm. and who was like severely impacted by this event versus someone who had no fucking idea what was going on mm-hmm. and is simply sitting here going where'd my english teacher go yeah holy shit like it's oh my god that's crazy wild yeah so watch this one and if you're in the mood for another one watch there's another documentary called the staircase which is about this man who murdered his wife pushed her down a staircase and beat her head in but said he just she just fell down the staircase and it's that one's that one is crazy jeez yeah so that one's good too also on netflix (laughs) fuck your fuck your tiger king bullshit (laughs) Uh, honestly uh yeah netflix has a lot of the uh like, they have a really strong stand-in in the true crime genre as a whole. They really do. They really do. They get, like, all the... I don't know. They get all, a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. A lot of, like, interesting, crazy ones. Also, if yeah. you're interested in uh, John Benet Ramsey, there's a good one on Netflix called Casting John Benet. That's interesting. It's a good watch. Yep. So I don't know that's... any of these, so I'm just like, ooh, <laughs> a worm. That's uh yeah, that's my documentary. Aaron, what are you Liz, bringing to the table? I um, mine is like similar to yours in that it is a Netflix series, but it's not. Uh, I kind of copped out and I uh, didn't pick one that focuses on a specific topic um instead i'm gonna pick one specific episode so the series that i'm gonna pick is inside the criminal mind did you watch that Mm, no i haven't yeah so that one's on netflix that one's more of like uh overviewing different topics and the one that i and, and it's it's in the same kind of like documentary style of like talking about these things but the one that i'm gonna bring up specifically um is the one on uh, serial killers because 
you know, it's it's fitting for the genre. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I would like to say before I jump into that is that like the whole series about uh, all of this like kind of goes into a lot of other stuff too and I would say that they are like all very interesting like the way that they put this together is uh, in a way that I think is like vilifying the people that they talk about like I think the problem that I have uh, and that we've been like harping on is that like sometimes these series do not vilify the people that they are talking about but in this case like they're very much like these are bad fucking people y'all like these are not good and we're gonna take a really like assessment based kind of viewpoint on all of this um the, the reason why I liked this one is because they kind of talk about the ways that power and power dynamics play into things um mm-hmm. Cult leaders is a good one because, I mean, like, cults in general are a huge, huge abuse of power over people and they're, like, the psychological element there. Um, But I think in general, like, all of these um, topics are talking specifically about men. The the thing about this is that, like, it's... These are male-dominated crimes. Serial killers, cult leaders people who kidnap other people and like these uh drug lords are insanely powerful and they rise to the ranks and they get to this crazy level of uh complete and total control over other people like that was what the overarching message was here was that like uh, a total need for control over other people is the connecting link between like these psychopaths that exist in the world and it's like this is uh, uh, there are some messed up people out there it yeah uh, fucked me up thinking about it concerning honestly yeah yeah I mean I will sometimes just sit and read about a lot of the stuff that happens out in the world and I'm just like some bad shit some real bad shit yeah some shit that like can possibly be made in documentaries but then I'm like it can't be me because I need to sleep at night like I can't imagine being a documentary filmmaker and sitting there and going like all right night night bedtime yeah it's really good night I feel I also feel like that um when I sit there and I look at things happening in the world like there are certain events that I'll look at and it'll be like a very straightforward event so like for example uh I think it was almost two weeks ago a week and a half ago the Glee star Naya Rivera it's so fucking sad she rented a boat with her son Mm -hmm. went out to the middle of this lake and they were going swimming and she drowned and they were looking for her body for like close to three days they found her because she floated to the surface and they identified her body and they said that she simply drowned um it could be that like she was swimming and her muscles tensed and she wasn't able to get back to the boat but i was like reading it and i was like why do i why am i suspicious like i just feel like the true crime 
true crime is good, but it also like makes me suspicious. Yeah. You know? So I was I, like, this is weird. And someone like stated that she was being followed by like some jet skis. So I'm like, hmm. 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 So. Could be nothing, but also could be something. Something suspicious. I mean, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Also, what I find interesting is that, like, sometimes true crime is, like, pretty straightforward in that you're, like, it's someone getting murdered and some, like, the process of it's almost like retracing the steps of a criminal investigator who is trying to like unravel a crime and it kind of simulates the experience I guess uh, or at least like the fictionalized experience of like trying to retrace the steps and like put the clues together and come up with the solution and the criminal and you know who who done it um, but some of these crime, quote unquote, like, uh, true crime documentaries are crimes that are, like, not as straightforward. So I think that in some cases, like, they are like, is it suicide or is it homicide? And, like, in that case, it becomes really, really difficult to uh, define whether that documentary necessarily becomes true crime or if it's just, like, in the same... Uh, vain is true crime and I only say that because I only bring that up because I'm like thinking about some of the uh things that I look at sometimes from time to time to be like this is insane and the fact that it happened is insane and some of it I'm like it can totally be made into a true crime documentary but it's not like someone got murdered you know what I mean right right like do you do you remember that dean from St. John's who like killed herself after it was found out that she was like embezzling a shit ton of money? Yes, I think about that all the time. Oh my god, me too. It's crazy. Bro. Okay, like uh, are you, so essentially the university that we went to had this dean and she was embezzling money from a lot of donors over in Asia. And kind of essentially created, like, an influx of international students Mm -hmm. and was, like, getting a lot of money from over there and, like, built, like, this Asian-inspired building on campus that um, became an art gallery. And, like, her and this priest were, like, going on business trips together but were, like, staying in, like, luxury hotels and, like... spending a shit ton of money and like flying first class and like she had this huge huge house like over in the jamaica states and like had student workers like drive her around and like do her laundry and like Mm -hmm. do like chores for her and it was like super super bizarre um and then when it was found out that she was embezzling money she instead of like go to trial because she didn't want to be like convicted of anything she literally just hung herself in her house and like yeah. I remember being I was in a graphic design class and my professor told me this and I was like what the fuck is going on fucking insane like, fucking insane so like yeah I want that to become a documentary just because like I want to know everything but also, here's the, here's the part that I want to become it to become a documentary because 
not only did all of that happen, but also her first husband was shot to death. And they yeah. think they thought that it might have been connected, but now they'll never know. And they, like, it came back into light after she had been accused of all of these crimes. And I think that after she was supposed to stand trial for her embezzling charges from St. John's, they were going to dig back up the murder of her husband. Because it's, like, mad shady. There's, like, all kinds of shit around it. Weird. Yeah, so they have this, like, suspicion that she also killed her husband. Which would be insane. That's literally crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, so uh, if anyone else wants to make a fucking true crime documentary, there's one. But uh, (laughs) just know, if you do touch any of that, St. John's PR is going to be on your ass. Listen, we have experienced some crazy shit at St. John's that has never hit the presses. Because their PR, like... The devil may work hard, but St. John's PR works harder. <laughs> Literally. Ugh. I hate that school. But. Yeah. TBH. But, uh, anyway. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, Inside the Criminal Mind. Great fucking uh, true crime docuseries. Um, serial Killers, especially, was a phenomenal start to the, uh, to this whole, like, uh, I guess show um, it really gets into a lot of details and what I really like about it is that it's not more than an hour per episode which is we kind of rare that. for these Netflix uh, series but yeah I mean it covers a lot of different cases and what it does is instead of painting the picture of a singular criminal and the way that they think it's more giving a pathology into the way that these people tend to have similarities in their behaviors, in their mindsets, in the way that they are egotistical, and like you had said about that don't fuck with cats guy, um, they're very self-centered, they're narcissists to the nth degree, they truly believe that the they are the center of the universe uh, when it comes to everything that happens around them. Um, There's a dehumanization of their victims. Um, They elevate themselves to a higher level than ordinary human beings, um, and they exhibit the inability to empathize with other people, which is, uh, you know, indicative of the fact that they don't see themselves on the same level as other human beings. So I think that this show did a really good job in doing true crime, but in a way where it's like, you know, a lot of true crime goes into a specific case or into a specific criminal and looks at the, them in the lens of, like, such a hyper-fixated sense, whereas I think Inside the Criminal Mind was really interesting because it sought to connect the dots between all of these people and kind of say, like, okay, we're looking at a pattern of behaviors here and, like, what is happening... It it's not one-offs every single time. You know what I mean? Like, right. all of these crimes don't happen in a bubble. They happen because of each other. Um, I, I would be really interested in seeing, like, a season two of this show with, um, like, just more types of crimes that happen. I just think that it would be really interesting to kind of take a look at the way that even media plays into um, the creation of some more... Um, 
more of these people. And I think that they would do a good job of doing that without necessarily encouraging new copycats because that's always a, tr- a slippery slope as well with this oh, right. kind of thing is that like copycat uh, copycats become like a prevalent thing and that is definitely not something that we want um, but I, I think that the people who did this would do a good job with that but I doubt that's going to happen because the show came out two years ago and I don't think anyone's looking at it so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, I think something that, like, scares the shit out of me, but also, like, really fascinates me with serial killers and, like, people who murder other people is that, like, there's such a pattern and, like, theme in behaviors and, like, the psychology behind it is so fascinating, but also, like, so scary. I don't know. Yeah. It's really crazy. And also... No, what were you going to say? I was talking to a friend recently, actually, and she was talking about um, school shooters Mm. and how they kind of come about, especially the ones that are, like, the kids who are just going to school one day and then just have this premeditated plan in their head, but they are, like, kids, not, like, fully grown adults. Um, Right, right. And, like, what's crazy is that, like, she was saying how like they are children like it's hard to imagine children as killers it's hard to like understand that their behaviors can have such violent actions right there's like there's one I I can't remember anyone's name but I had watched a video on it and it was pretty much like these two kids like intersected this three to four year old boy who was like walking home from school and like pretty much took him out into the woods and like sodomized him and then choked him to death and it's like the kid who died is four years old and the kids who (gasps) murdered him were nine oh my god and it's like it it's so crazy to me that like like what is the what is the motive like obviously they don't have like a motive obviously it's not premeditated it's like these yeah. kids are nine years old like what how does that happen yeah i can't imagine like i literally can't imagine that kind of violence in kids like they're kids right it does it really does not make sense to me but also i think that's good that it doesn't make sense to me or you because then it's like okay we're not serial killers oh so this is like a litmus test <laughs> If you sympathize with those kids, you got get help, bro. Dude, if you (laughs) sympathize with literally any serial killer, fuck. Also, oh my god, if you literally kin serial killers, what? You know the people who like kin with serial killers? They're like, oh yeah, I'm Ted Bundy kin. Yes. What? Like, what are you talking about? What is wrong with you, people? The people who, like, romanticize serial killers and, like, make, like, Tumblr posts and, like, blogs yeah. about, like, oh, Ted Bundy is so hot and, like, Eric Klewald is, like, a daddy. Like, you need Ugh. help. You need serious help. You need that's to fucked stop. Up. Yeah, There's no reason why you need so... to be romanticizing serial killers. Absolutely Also, I... I feel like it's 
it's a little bit dangerous to create these movies, like Hollywood movies about serial killers and cast like Zac Efron as Ted Bundy. Yeah. Like because all you're doing is just setting up this fan base to be obsessed with Ted Bundy, who is a serial killer. All because fucking Zac Efron played him in a movie. Who, like, completely disrespected the people that he murdered. Mostly women. Raped. Let's not forget. Like, let's just fucking recount all the fucking crimes that he has done. Like, these are terrible fucking things that happen. I, uh, yeah, I have no fucking pity for those people. They truly disgust me on a level that I literally cannot fathom. I, like, how out of touch with reality do you have to fucking be? I don't know. To be like, yeah. I can't wrap my head But also, yeah, also at Hollywood, do fucking better, because that shit is gross as shit. Uh, They added that movie, that Zac Efron movie, to Netflix, and I saw it, and I was like, bro, get this shit away from me. Right. I I do not want to see it. I watched um, the Jeffrey Dahmer movie. Mm -hmm. I think it's just called Dahmer. And, like... I think so? Another one where they cast, like, a cute boy as Jeffrey Dahmer. Fucking Christ. It's literally, like... like They kind of, like, try... They kind of victimize him, in a way. Like, they're kind of like, oh, he's, like, this quiet, weird kid. Um, All he wants to do is just, like, put dead animals in formaldehyde. But his dad said no. And so that's why he's mad. And I'm like, no. Yeah, I was like, he literally murdered children. Uh, uh, but, uh, do, are we... I feel like Jesus I'm living Christ. in the fucking... <laughs> it doesn't In the fucking sense. Twilight Zone. Jesus Christ, what the fuck is going on? Like, are we gonna forget the fact that these things happened? And, uh, 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 yeah, it makes no fucking sense. The whole, like, romanticization of the Columbine shooters, like, I'm literally like, you guys are disgusting and I will psychotic psychotic it's like it's not even the columbine shooters it's like the columbine shooters the kid who shot up parkland high school the kid who did that church Uh, it's like how can you sit here and think that's okay (laughs) it's not okay it's really not good I, i think that's why i'm like very careful about what i say about inside the criminal mind because it's like good in that I was like oh this is like interesting and these are bad people who all did the same bad things and it's interesting to read up on this and be like okay and like watch it and be like these are terrible people and they did terrible things and here's some of like the understanding that we have about people who uh, are like this but at the same time it's like it fully recognizes the fact that these are terrible people. Like, I think that the fact that you know, Zac Efron gets cast, or whoever gets cast as, like, a fucking good-looking serial killer, it's like, you know what you're doing. You know exactly what you're doing, and that's terrible. That's bad news bears. I don't like it. I'm not into it. No (laughs) thank you. Take that shit away, and it should have never gotten 
greenlit. I don't know who, I don't know, I know there are, like, a thousand people involved in that, and the fact that no one was like, hey, maybe we shouldn't. Right, like, let me use my brain and be like, huh, <laughs> let me There's still make good decisions. Yeah. What What's crazy to me is that there are still so many true crime things that I have not seen, and I'm like, I, will, will anyone ever know justice? Is everyone okay? <laughs> I so I watched this girl her name is Kendall Ray on YouTube mm-hmm. and like she does these like sit down videos and she'll talk about like this crime that happened and or like a missing person and like the events leading up to their disappearance and she is very very informative and she does a ton of research and she she has a wealth of knowledge about a lot of true crime stuff that I have come to know. So, like, I suggest watching her in case you want, like, some really quick information and, like, information on cases that, like, aren't being made into Netflix specials. Um, so, I think she's, I think she's really good, but yeah, I don't know. I, like, when I found her channel, I, like, sat and watched, like, several videos in a row of her talking about, like, missing people and, like, you know, murders and, like, a bunch of true crime stuff. And I got so fatigued so fast and, like, scared. Oh. Like, big scared. Ah! <laughs> so. Yikes. Another, a thing about, I feel like a thing about true crime is that you have to, like, consume uh, in moderation exactly exactly <laughs> you gotta break that shit up with some sappy rom-com and then you'll feel like okay with the world yeah like not even good just okay <laughs> <laughs> yep like oh I, this is okay yeah i guess i can i can sleep i'm not gonna dream well but you know <laughs> at least i'll be like closing my eyes and getting some kind of rest right hopefully entering rem yeah Got i had i used to scare head. myself with like cold cases and then I wouldn't sleep for hours and then I think at one point I like convinced myself I saw a ghost at St. John's so I uh, really truly do not suggest <laughs> binge watching that shit what do you mean uh, you saw a ghost really at St. John's I <laughs> oh my god I've told this story to you before but I uh, my freshman year I lived in Donovan which was a hall that like fucking sucked so mm-hmm. they put you in the suite and the suite is just two bedrooms connected by a bathroom. Fucking sucks. And I was, I was, it was three of us in one room and I think another three in the other room. And the bathroom was connected and I had come back from class and I went up to my bunk bed and I laid in bed and I think I like kind of fell asleep and then I kind of woke up. But no one was in the room when I had come back. Um, and we, all of us in the suite usually left the both bathroom doors open mm-hmm. um, just because that way if the rooms felt less, less stuffy. Um, so we would, uh, you know, leave the... No, no one was home at the time, and the light turned on, but I didn't hear the door open, so I thought it was maybe someone coming from the other side, which was just weird. And then the light turned off, and I was like, all right, I guess uh, they didn't see me up here. That's cool. 
And then, um, I heard one of my roommates come back, and I heard, uh, them come back, and I was like, hey, who was home before? And they were like, no one. Goodbye. And no one fucking fessed up to it. No that's, one fucking fessed up to it. That's so Everyone scary. was like, from the time of this to this, I had class. Nope, I wasn't home. And I was just like, oh, then who was in the room? And who uh, fucking turned the lights on? Because I definitely felt someone's presence in the room. And I did not see who it was because I was in bed. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Yeah, so I definitely saw a ghost, but maybe it was just because I, at the time, was just, like, binge-watching all these cold case files. <laughs> right. And, like, binge-reading all of it and convincing myself that there was something there. Mm. Who yeah. knows? We'll never know. Who knows? That's a cold case for you listeners to dwell on. Because <laughs> uh, the show, the show's... The show's over, Liz. We're we made done. it to the end. We're done. Another week down. Another week. We did it. Thank you for joining <laughs> us on this week's episode of Retrograde. You can find us on Twitter at Pod Retrograde or on Instagram at Retrograde the Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening.